Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studio in Alpharetta, it's time for Profit Sense with Bill McDermott. Good morning. Welcome to Profit Sense. This podcast dives into the stories behind some of Atlanta's successful businesses and business owners and the professionals that advise them. We help local business leaders get the word out about the important work they're doing to serve their market, their community, and their profession. I'm your host, Bill McDermott, and this show is presented by The Profitability Coach. When business owners want to increase their profitability, they often don't have the expertise to know where to start or what to do. I leverage my knowledge and relationships from 32 years as a banker to identify the hurdles getting in the way and create a plan to deliver profitability they never thought possible. We have three great guests on the show today. Uh, First, Diana Murphy with Diana Murphy Coaching. Diana, welcome to Profit Sense. Great to be here. And we also have Scott Autry and Greg Herring with Darnell Inc., uh, guys, welcome to Profit Sense. So glad you're here this morning. Glad to be with you. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks for having us. So, Diana, let me start with you. You know, you and I have talked that your journey to become a coach really didn't make sense at all. Uh, I wonder if you could explain for our listening audience why that was the case. Well, I... um found coaching and opening a business kind of found me, but in a space of life where most people were empty nesting and figuring out the what next was more about retiring or living near their kids or those types of steps. And, you know, as I, as my kids left home, I really, I had a, a, a more of an epiphany, kind of my own transformation where I realized I really did want to start a thriving coaching practice and not just as a hobby, which I had to really help a few people understand, but as a true profitable, which I know you love that word, but as a profitable, um, great, healthy business. Yeah. And uh, I also know there was a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit that has always been in you, but seems like it had been up for a uh, pinup for a long time. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Maybe yeah, share no, a little story. What's really fun is when I was really digging into as a coach and um, growing into that identity as an entrepreneur or as a business owner, I looked back um, after a coach asked me that question. It's like, where did you see this in yourself before? And I realized when I was five years old, I literally, I'll date myself because nothing, there was no internet yet. Um, I found a magazine where it was advertising an ability to open your own business and sell greeting cards. And I even, my mom helped me do it because of course she had to send the letter or whatever, but I started selling greeting cards and, you know, doing performances when we had, I always was in charge of them and gathered people. And it's really interesting. That's a lot of what I love to do in my business today is gather groups of people. We might call them executive roundtables now, but it's very fascinating that you can see these roots in your own personality that I kind of, I had ignored during a lot of seasons in my life. 
So we're talking with Diana Murphy, uh, with Diana Murphy Coaching. Diana helps business owners who've reached a level of success where their businesses are happening to them. And she helps them to reduce stress and worry, stop overworking so that they can stay in growth. Uh, and Diana, I know you've really found great satisfaction in business owners uh, find their zone of genius. So yeah. talk a little bit about that zone of genius and how that came about. So I had a wonderful season as COVID hit. I just knew in my heart of hearts that I wanted to be there for these business owners that were having all sorts of different, you know, based on the industry, very different experiences. And what I realized is that I deal with a lot of stress reduction and reducing overwhelm, all that type of mindset. I realized that most of my friends, colleagues were getting very overwhelmed by the pandemic shutdown. And so I offered a course called um, How to Maintain Your Zone of Genius during you know a crisis. So we started in the crisis mode. I had three versions of it. We had to retitle it for every phase of the pandemic. <laughs> but what I realized in just going out there and supporting owners right where they were is that we really are very aware as owners of that zone of genius in our business. And I knew if I could help them stay in that space, even if they were really stressed out, if they were learning to be homeschool parents, even if they were you know, like all the things that were asked of us during the pandemic, I knew that great good would happen in their businesses. And so that is why the zone of genius is so important to me. It's been a fond workshop. I, I've renamed my workshops, but um, that, that is where that zone of genius came. Um, and I've realized that the, the owners that want to grow bill and want to be profitable, if they don't honor their zone of expertise at a really, and protect it, they that that is what bottlenecks their growth. And so it's been a fun theme to kind of entertain and help my owners, my clients to look at. Yeah. And so uh, when you and I have talked about that in the past, I have found uh, that to be so true in my business. So I tend to be, you know, my zone of genius really is a little bit more big picture. Mm -hmm. uh, I find that details uh, I really struggle with. I can handle details, yeah, but I don't really consider details my zone of genius. So I'm just curious, uh, how do you help business owners find that zone of genius? And um, is there... Is there a survey that they take? Is it a questionnaire? Do you discover it through just interacting with them? Yeah, it's, How does that happen? Yeah. So it, it was actually, I thought in the zone of genius workshops, I was going to be helping them to identify it. I think every owner, when asked the question, when do you know you're in, in your zone of genius and helping them to be more and more aware of it. So in conversations, I'd be asking owners, when do things flow? When do you get an incredibly high amount of work done? When do you just love what you're doing? And then protecting that is so key in your business. So like the detail-oriented person, like that's their zone of genius. They need to be working for the visionaries like you and I are that see big picture. And so very quickly, like even for the audience today, when are you in that space where you really are in flow? Like you don't care how long you work, you're enjoying what you're doing. 
um, you're getting, and most times that is a zone as an owner. That is the key thing that we really solve for our clients. Whatever that zone is, is usually the reason we have a successful business. And it is a way that we give really high value to our customers. So it's important for us to know what it is, but more often to protect it. Yeah. And I have found for me, uh, kind of using the whole idea of tailwinds that really mm-hmm. help us go faster versus oh, headwinds, things yes. that really slow us down. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm in my zone of genius when I'm feeling like everything is is tailwinds, no headwinds. Yes. Yeah. Growth can be fast. Pro- productivity is very, very high. Um, you're not, it's not distracted space. It's usually a very centered and great mental space. And so that zone is something we're very aware of. But as we become business owners and grow more, we let that part of our, our work or we can, we can let that get eroded. And that is what usually causes trouble with our growth. Diana Murphy's been in business as a coach for over seven years now. And in talking with Diana, Diana Murphy Coaching is a high-touch personal coaching practice designed to support business owners in all of the phases of ownership. Diana, I'm going to tell you a story that I think uh, really identifies some common themes in business owners, and I'm going to call it overwork. And so um, round one of PPP, we're in the middle of COVID. I found myself helping my business owner clients navigate the aspects of PPP round one. It was all done in a very compressed time frame. People were afraid of running out of money. And I found myself putting in 12, 14 hour days. I reached a point after about two weeks, you know, I've never really experienced burnout. But I think that might have been the closest I had ever come. So you have mentioned to me that you found some common themes in your work and that overwork, just like what I explained to you in my PPP, is a go-to for business owners. And the outcome is stress and burnout. And I feel like in my experience in PPP, I was the beta for myself and really Mm -hmm. discovered that. Could you? elaborate on that a little bit and maybe talk about why most business owners have a go-to, which is what you call overwork. Yeah. I, I think if you're a founding owner, which many of the people I work with are, um, and there's so many small, amazing small businesses, whether you're even franchised or not, when you are the founder of it, you do it, it's normal to be doing more and working more hours as you do that bootstrappy kind of early phase. Um, but what happens is we don't know when to turn that off. And so we're used to being the all the catch-all for our businesses. And we're used to like, if there's a problem, it's like, oh, I might as well handle it. And many times stress, that's why the zone of genius was so fun because when we are in that zone of genius, we realize that, that isn't, that's not helpful. But when we're letting the business kind of happen to us, we're taking care of all the pieces. We have more clients than we thought were possible. We get into that place where it feels like it's quicker and more efficient to do it ourselves, but it's the biggest lie ever. And it feels like it's good to give up the workouts in the morning or the time with our family at dinner because the work is, you know, the, the, 
business is demanding that of us. But all it ends up doing is stealing from the business, the the genius, the vision, the great um, decision-making. And that's where burnout, I think, can be so dangerous for a small business owner. They are not operating at their best. So their decision-making gets diluted. They're, you know, when we always, oh, I'll just do that. I'll just work. I'll work that problem through instead of thinking that problem through and getting the right support. Does that make sense? Does that answer your question? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And so I'm just curious for our listening audience, if you had uh, found me and coached me right after I went through that PPP experience, because uh, you've really talked about overwork really kills ourselves and our genius. Yeah. How would you have helped coach me out of that stress and that burnout that I had experienced during well, that? Well, I love um, I love using a tool called which I call the self coaching model. And in that self coaching model, every circumstance, our circumstances do not, you know, COVID do, do, did not stress us out. It was all of our thoughts about COVID that stressed us out and our fear and all that, that high volume of thinking. And so, Bill, for you in that, I imagine that there was a particular thought, like, I'll just keep doing this. My people need me. There's thoughts that you had that created the action line that said, oh, I'll just keep doing the work instead of stepping back and going, what's another way to manage it? So for each of us, when we have a thought, well, I'll just do it myself, or it'll just be for a week or two, or I must serve everybody, or I must help everybody, then those thoughts create an emotional urgency that makes us take the action of always doing it in working hours. And so that's, that's how I would have coached you. I would have got dug down into what were you thinking? They're all noble thoughts. Most of our thoughts around is like, oh, maybe it's not so noble to think that I'm the only one that can do this. <laughs> but it, you know, I think business own, solo business owners, especially are kind of noble that it's like, oh, I'm more than willing to work and take care of this. And therefore the A line, the action line usually is, oh, I'll just work the extra hour. But we can see the effects of that over a long period of time. There are seasons where overworking is just part of it. Like I never judge my clients for overwork seasons. I don't, you know, tell my clients that they need to stop work at five if that just isn't realistic. But we look at the thoughts, the feelings, and the reactions that are going on for them mindset wise that might have worked when they were building the business might work for a short term, but to be careful to not apply those in a long term way. That's where burnout happens. Yeah. And I would say on top of that, so I'm an Enneagram three. And the Enneagram three is the achiever. And so the achiever has a point to prove. And, you know, the achiever thinks he or she can do anything and everything. We sure do. And I'm a three, (laughs) two. Like, I'm not surprised. We're both threes. And I also, it is, I do think that what happens with owners is that the, that achievement mindset, even if they're not a three, but the achievement mindset of a business owner has a moving bar. And it's like, if I just work this hard, then I'm going to get this. And they feel that satisfaction of, of, you know, being a million dollar company or being, 
you know, whatever the, the type of revenue space is. And then it's like, but that's never enough. And the bar keeps moving and moving and moving. So I work with a lot of very high, high achiever people that have a huge capacity, but if they don't protect again, protect their own mental well being and manage their mindset to be, to remember that they're not the do. All, yes, you can do just because you can do all those things. Doesn't mean that you should be. Um, it's fascinating, but it, it's that yeah. it, it, the high achiever that is never not willing to work. I think that's what makes us amazing. We are, you know, we can handle a very big season of growth. And like when, you know, I started my podcast and I'd started a new group coaching program and blank, blank, blank. Well, I'm able to do all that. But then I remembered that, oh, I actually should be resting every once in a while and taking time off with my family and realize that's not sustainable to do new all the, every month. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're talking this morning with Diana Murphy and of Diana Murphy coaching. Uh, Diana has unique programs and one-on-one coaching available for the important transitions, uh, early owner growth, sustainable growth for the solo owner and the regret proof sale. And I want to get back to, you know, if um, if overwork is the uh, is the disease, not that it's a disease, but it's a condition, an unhealthy condition, uh, then the antidote is really carving out or creating space to protect our genius. Um, And so I want you to talk a little bit uh, about how we carve out. and create that space uh, to to protect our genius. I do think like I'm really careful to not have any rules. So I don't want the audience to think that, you know, because I, I'm really careful when I start helping owners to to not be overworking, is just helping them realize how not it's not sustainable. And none of us started businesses to ignore our families and ignore our own well-being. And again, that's not a sustainable business model. And so how I begin working with owners um, that are in that space is really seeing places where they, they almost radically, like they'll tell me what they really want. Like, I really want to be growing my revenue at this level, but I still want to be able to take a vacation with my family. Or it's the owner, the lawyer that really does want to have a flex Friday, but they're afraid to do so. And so for owners, it's, it's radical to take really good care of them, their own well-being. And so it might be, you know, uh, really setting up your lifestyle, understanding your own rhythm. I have clients that don't start with clients until 1030 because they have such a powerful morning routine and it really works. Now they work till eight with a break with, with dinner. There's no right or wrong. But I think for, for owners that are listening today, what are some things you're craving that you're not giving yourself permission to do? Start giving yourself permission to do those things in small bites and set your business up support-wise if you need to get some support for the detail management. Like you, Bill and I should be hiring a lot of people to do detail work. <laughs> that slows <laughs> us down. Right. I don't have to spend all day Friday doing invoices and like setting up emails. My VA does that. When I'm rest, when I take a flex Friday or take a vacation that I just took, my business will be on my mind most of the time, but that my zone of genius is working on it. And then I can hit the ground running and work really hard. So I really recommend other owners own their rhythm. When do you really like to do your work? Do it then. 
but take a radical day off, take a radical vacation. It is the overachiever thinks they should be working 50 hours a week. So I think it's just honoring some of those cravings and implement them, almost forcing yourself to do it. And then once you see the benefits of it, you will learn, pardon me, learn some ways to really integrate that into your, into your routine. Does that answer it? Yeah, absolutely. One other thing I wanted to to point out too, I know uh, business owners, uh, especially solopreneurs, try to be all things to all people. Yes. And uh, delegation that you mentioned just a moment ago can really play an important role in that, primarily because someone else has the zone of genius that you yes. may not be strong in. Can you <laughs> yes. elaborate on that a little bit as well? Yeah. And I think it's the identity that, you know, the identity of a founding owner has to do all things, at least for a short period of time, unless you have a lot of capital and we're smart enough to hire Bill early (laughs) to get cash in their business, which I actually would recommend. Um, (laughs) But doing, you know, really that mindset, that bootstrapping mindset is really all that's wrong, right? That's not working. And so I think it's stepping back and stepping in more as a leader in your own business and step into being the owner, not the employee of your own business. So that's where the mind shift happens is taking more of a leader role and then really debunking the lie that um, I can do it better myself. No, there are people that's, that are so specialized at social media, so specialized at supporting people like ourselves that are visionaries that, you know, then it is that time to slow down and see where you can plug in that help. Um, But it is a mindset shift because even in delegating, if we have any thoughts like, oh, I better do it myself or they won't do a good job or they might make an error and it'll hurt my company, they need to get clean on those thoughts or they won't be delegating as freely as they can, even if they have a team. So that's where the mindset part of it really does come into it. We can have a full staff and not be employing them fully if our mindset is getting in the way. It's still in that bootstrap phase and needs to become more of a leader um, and and really own that you have a team and take the leadership role in that business. You know, that is so critical. And so, Diana, in closing, uh, we're probably going to have some listeners uh, who either are looking for a coach or maybe what you have said uh, during our conversation today really resonated with them and they want to seek you out. Uh, what's the best way for someone to find you? So I live on LinkedIn. So link link with me on LinkedIn. I'm just Diana Murphy. Um, I have a website, dianamurphycoaching.com, but I run a high touch practice. I, if you have any questions whatsoever on what I've offered today, just email me, Diana at dianamurphycoaching.com. And Bill, I do have a podcast. It's a great way to understand if you like working, you know, really get the mindset piece of it ahead of time. I offer a Monday morning podcast comes out early for you business owners to start your week, right? And it is called successful mindset for the business owner. And I'm just, that's a place where I just give that gift of one problem to solve in your business that week, one focus and a short 10 minute podcast where owners can go to get what they need mindset wise. And if they'd like more, they should be in touch with me. I've got something for everyone, the new owner, 
the established owner is my bread and butter. My one-on-one coaching is with the established owner, but I am also doing some exit work with um, regret proofing the sale with um, owners that are wanting to sell. Well, you have uh, such high energy. Uh, You have a great practice uh, and something uh, for everyone. What a great way to pay it forward in the, uh, in the podcast. So uh, it has been a delight to chat with you this morning. And thanks again for coming on the show. No, I really have loved it. And I think if, if just as one takeaway, if everyone could realize that profitability and high revenue growth will always come from that healthy owner, you know, from that really strong and cared for owner when they're in their zone and they're not overworking and there is a way out of it for sure. Absolutely. Thanks so much for oh, coming. Thank on you. Profit this has Sense been a pleasure. Morning. Thank you, Bill. And now we're going to talk with uh, Greg Herring and Scott Autry uh, with Darnell Incorporated. Uh, Greg and Scott, welcome again. So glad that you came on the show. Um, glad to be here, want- Bill. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Bill. I just want to start, uh, Greg, I'll start with you. Can you share a little bit about what Darnell does? Uh, who are your customers uh, and how you differentiate yourself from your competitors? Sure, sure. Thanks. Thanks. Good question. Yeah, Bill, Darnell is a uh, company that was started back in 1974. And uh, Darnell is uh, really what we pride ourselves on is a relationship-driven uh, financial restitution service company that understands the delicate balance between accounts uh, receivable, accounts lending, uh, and also lends a hand to our our banking clients. That's a large focus of what our company does is help banks manage uh, those accounts uh, that are either delinquent or past due or charged off, that type of thing. Uh, Donnell helps their uh, banking clients reduce charge-offs, protect customer relationships, and reduces the heavy HR costs that are sometimes associated with managing uh, that type of, uh, or that piece of their house, so to speak. Uh, and, and again, as I've mentioned, you know, we've been doing that for about 47 years. We also have some space that we uh, started our business on in the, in the medical arena, but uh, one of our biggest focus in the last, uh, I'd say, 10 years has been in the banking uh, banking world. And Bill, and as far as the, uh, this is Scott, as how we differentiate ourselves from our competitors, I do feel like in a world of automation, we differentiate ourselves from our competitors because we offer that thing that we all crave uh, and we'll continue to offer it. And that's human connection. Uh, I think if 2020 didn't give us some sort of indication as to the net uh, return of social media and AI, uh, I'm not sure what will. We all craved mm-hmm. human connection that's right. after the 2020 pandemic. So we we thrive in restoring broken financial relationships. So we we try to specialize in making those human connections. And that's one of the most complex situations we can find ourselves in. So I feel like that's how we differentiate ourselves from our competitors. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And those personal relationships are so important, Scott. So um, Greg, I want to ask you a question and then Scott, a follow-up question right after this. Um, sure. Greg, you and, and Scott recently had a management transition where um, Scott is transitioning into the CEO role. But I want to 
ask you to take a look back and for our listening audience, what are one or two things that you've learned over 25 to 30 years as an entrepreneur? Great question. Um, and I think the, the the number one thing I would say there to, to those that are uh, are thinking about launching out into businesses or or maybe they're looking at their business and um, looking at their model and, and thinking about branching into new services or a new product lines is number one, just don't be afraid to try. Uh, don't be afraid to uh, try new things and, and test new products. Uh, I know from when we started uh, this company, uh, Darnell was uh, started as a family company. My father started it in 1970, in the 70, 74. And, uh, you know, we have migrated into uh, uh, a lot of different things uh, over those 47 years uh, being in business. But we're not the same company today that we were 47 years ago. And I think that's because it was kind of uh, – I was I was brought up to to not be afraid to take a chance, uh, and I remember many times in those uh, in the last my experience here of, of 25 or 30 years uh, serving in this in this business um, that things changed. Uh, clients challenged us to to take on new products. Uh, clients challenged us to do new things, and even in the last I'd say 10 to 15 years, when me and Scott um, kind of uh, you know, migrated a large part of our business to the banking world. To help them manage their um, uh, their their past dues, for lack of a better word, and their and their charge offs, um, that was a new product for us that nobody was doing. And so I think the number one thing is just don't be afraid to try. Um, so sometimes uh, we uh, we get in our zone or we get in our lane, and uh, we're we're kind of scared to turn the blinkers on for for lack of a better word. But sometimes uh, you have to try new things. And I think the second part of that is. Um, don't be afraid to launch out into deep waters. Um, one thing I've learned too, sometimes when you're growing a business and it, and it takes off and, uh, things are going well and, um, uh, sometimes, you know, you kind of, you kind of want to put it on autopilot. Um, but I think it's very important that we, uh, as, uh, as business owners to, uh, not be afraid to launch out a little bit deeper. Uh, I like to use the analogy. That's where the big fish are. Uh, it's easier to set on the shorelines. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, kind of be comfortable and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You're making a good living. I like some of the things that Diane said about, uh, you know, managing your time and your family and your resources and the things you do. It's, it's extremely important. I've experienced a lot of things that she talked about in the first part of the show, um, uh, about uh, striking that that fine balance. But in, in the same token, don't be afraid to, uh, to, to, to jump out there in deep waters where the big fish are at. And Scott, to you, for our uh, uh, new CEOs that could be listening, uh, you know, maybe what are what are one or two things as you have taken over as CEO recently uh, that are that are really important to you as you embark on your CEO journey? Yeah, thanks for the question. The first thing that comes to mind for me was actually uh, a speech that Teddy Roosevelt gave. I don't know uh, if if uh, your listeners know who that is. It's a former U.S. president, obviously. Um, he gave us he gave a speech a little over a hundred years ago, and the most famous part of that speech was entitled "The Man in the Arena," and Roosevelt was basically encapsulating what I feel uh, is essential for a new CEO in overcoming new challenges. He dismantled the idea in this speech about 
success and brilliance being the final measure of a man. Uh, at the end of the day, he was he was big on things like self mastery, self control, common sense, individual responsibility. But he also mixed that with the courage to try. And so, to boil that down in the context of that speech is where he gave that it's not the critic who counts. Uh, so many times we go into a new thing or we face new challenges. And the first thing we think about is what, what everyone else is going to think about me. Am I going to fail? Am I going to be an embarrassment to my peers? And Roosevelt basically gave uh, an impassioned speech about it's not the critic who counts. It's not the man on the sidelines who's pointing the finger who can say the man in the arena should have done it differently. Um, and so that comes to mind that you, you have to ignore the critics. Those people don't count in the equation. And so I'd encourage your listeners to go read his speech. It's entitled Citizenship in a Republic. It's been a pretty formative speech in my life. Um, but yeah, it's not the critic who counts. Um, the second thing I would say is surround yourself with positive people. You have to have people who are going to encourage you, who are going to stand behind you, who are going to give you uh, wisdom and counsel and guidance. Uh, if you surround yourself with too many naysayers, obviously that's going to that's going to feed into uh, how you run your business. So don't don't count the critic and surround yourself with positive people. Yeah, those are such great points. Uh, we're talking to Scott Autry and Greg Herring. Uh, of Darnell Incorporated. Scott brings over 18 years experience to the financial services industry. He has a background in information technology, business administration, and process workflow. And Greg brings over 25 years experience to the financial services industry. He has ex extensive experience in banking, property management, and real estate investment. Uh, Scott, what you just mentioned recently reminds me of a good book that I read. It's called The Energy Bus by a guy by the name of John Gordon. Uh, and in that book, uh, John talks about each one of us who are bus drivers, uh, like you are, Greg has been, Diane, all of us, we're responsible for who we let on our bus. And there are really two types of people, uh, people that exude uh, energy and people that Gordon calls energy vampires. Uh, they literally just suck the energy out of us. And so mm -hmm. you bring up a, a great point uh, about uh, uh, surrounding yourself with, with people uh, that really give you energy. Uh, and you, you kind of have to watch out for those energy vampires that, that really, really take the life out of you. Uh, kind of wondering maybe if in your experience, uh, if maybe you and Greg uh, in your partnership uh, have given each other energy, which is what has really allowed your partnership to last as long as it has. Uh, obviously, yes. Uh, Greg and I have been uh, in business together for, oh gosh, what, tw almost 20 years almost now. 20 years. Yeah. Um, Greg is a big picture man. I am as well. I do find myself in the weeds a little more than he does. But yeah, we both we both uh, feed off of one another. He has uh, obviously certain aspects about his character that help me balance out things that are lacking on my side and vice versa. Mm -hmm. But we're both uh, positive minded people who see, you know, obviously issues in our industry, issues for our clients. 
the nature of our business is solving problems. And you can't be a problem solver with a continuous negative mindset. And so, yeah, we, we constantly uh, help feed one another that positive energy. You have to have that in a partnership. I hope that helps answer the question. Yeah, it does. And, and Greg, um, I know you and I have, have chatted, you know, some partnerships work great, uh, but mm-hmm. some partnerships, for one reason or another, just don't work well at all. Uh, so could you maybe share a little bit with our listening audience uh, that if you're in a partnership, uh, choose your partner wisely and maybe what what you looked for uh, when yeah. you were thinking about bringing Scott on? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, probably one of the most uh, important things if, if you're if you're in a business and, and you're seeking a, a partner or, or seeking a, a person who can you know, walk beside you and make you a better, uh, a better employer and, and better employee, whatever that may be. Uh, I think the the first thing that uh, that I always tell people that uh, when I consult with them sometimes about uh, starting a business is number one, seek wise counsel. Now, I will say, Bill, and, I, and I'm being a funny a little bit here. I've always said I'm not the smartest guy there on the block, but what I have done is surrounded myself with extremely wise people. Uh, people that uh, uh, are willing to give good counsel. And when I seek out those people who are willing good counsel, I usually look at their attributes and see, um, you know, if, if they're successful, especially in the arena that I'm wanting to get advice from. So I think one is to seek wise counsel. But but also, uh, you know, I'll give you and Diane kudos there. Is, now I would encourage all, uh, especially new business owners, to get a mentor, um, whether that be a business mentor or a spiritual mentor, whatever it is that they're they're seeking to grow in, I think it's extremely important. I've been blessed to surround myself by a great, great, great group of of, of guys and ladies who in, in my life that uh, in the various businesses that I'm involved in, I've always seeked out uh, partnerships with people that are not necessarily like-minded. I don't want that to be, you know, that they think like me, Scott, by no stretch of the, imagin- um, uh, stretch of the imagination, things like me. But we have the same heart. We have the same desires to to see our company grow and to be successful. So I would say, you know, if you're looking to bring on a partner, uh, this thing between me and Scott has been, as Scott echoed, a, you know, 18 to 20 year relationship here of building trust with one another. And and when we made a decision uh, or we, 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 we made this partnership official um, about at the end of 2020, uh, it was probably, honestly, it was one of the best moves I've made uh, in the last uh, 30 years to bring on him uh, as my partner. So I would say pick a partner wisely and make sure that uh, you're like, you know, you're like minded. Uh, I have other partnerships in other companies. And uh, you know what? They're all good, godly men who who uh, have the same passion and desire to not only grow our company from a profitability standpoint, but also grow our our people, our character, and who we are as a company. And number one, want to take care of, of the customers and the clients that we take care of. So, again, I guess to, to wrap this up with a bow is pick a partner that uh, uh, it, it is a marriage. And so make sure that you've picked wisely. And uh, I've been blessed to have picked uh, uh, Scott uh, and, and had a relationship, uh, business relationship for the last 20 years. And it's I'm excited to see what uh, he's going to take it to in the next 20 years. Yeah, Bill, I would say you have to have common core values. You know, those 
those non-negotiables between the two of you that should everything fall apart, you know that those things will never be compromised. That's right. Um, those, those, those are the, those are the biggest things for me. Yeah. All great points. Thanks to both of you. So we're talking this morning with Greg Herring and Scott Autry of Darnell Inc. Darnell helps their banking clients reduce charge-offs, protect client relationships, and reduce heavy HR costs. And Darnell has been restoring community trust between banks and their clients for over 45 years now. Scott, in your new role as CEO, uh, you've shared with me in the past that your employment's not just a job, it's a calling. So how do you how do you approach your accountability as a person of faith? Sure. Well, when you view your job as a calling, uh, you know, it begs the question, who called you to it? Um, and as a Christian, I, I firmly believe that from God and to God and through God are all things. Uh, in him, we live and move and have our being. So I'm not ashamed to say that. Uh, that means life is not arbitrary, nor is my calling in my employment. Um, it's not a it's not a mundane task. Um, it's given to me by God himself. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, as, as you were as you were asking the question, you know, one of the wisest men who ever lived struggled with this question. It was the question of the mundane and the day to day and how somebody could wake up every day and go to work day in and day out. And only to see the fruit of his labor pass on to the next person. Uh, he used a, a word there in, in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter two. He used the word, it seems like vanity. But he came to this conclusion. It made him depressed until he recognized that his calling was from, from God. That that job, that task, his purpose in life was given to him by God himself. So... Uh, when you're the leader of a company, you're not you're not held accountable to anyone else, really. You have to have that recognition that there's someone higher than you. And at the end of the day, you're going to turn that back into him, to the one who gave it to you. And hopefully you'll leave it better than you found it. So as a person of faith, um, you have to know who called you to that task and why he called you to it. Yeah, such uh, such great words. So in case we have any uh, banks and bankers uh, who might be listening, uh, what is the best way, Scott, to get in touch with Darnell? Yeah, so uh, like your previous guests, we're on LinkedIn, Greg Herring, uh, Scott Autry. Uh, URL is darnellrecovery.com, D-A-R-N-E-L, recovery.com. Uh, you can find us there. Um, we're, again, obviously all over LinkedIn. And uh, so, yeah, you can reach out to us that way. Great. Well, uh, Scott and Greg, thank you so much for coming on Profit Sense today. And, uh, you know, my big my big takeaways are obviously, Greg, you mentioned uh, don't be afraid to try. Launch out into some deep waters. Uh, gave some great words about partnerships. Uh, Scott, you uh, uh, shared a little bit about the man in the arena with Teddy Roosevelt and uh, also shared a little bit about uh, uh, your calling as a new CEO. So great words from both of you. Thanks so much for coming on Profit Sense today. Thank you, Bill.
Thanks, Bill. So in closing, if you want to keep up with the latest in pro-business news, follow us on social media for the latest stories. If you want to listen to future Profit Sense podcasts, you can find us on ProfitSenseRadio.com. This is Profit Sense with Bill McDermott signing off. Make it a great day.